podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good podcast. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah, good podcast. Yeah, I enjoyed the centre-back chat. Yeah, talked about centre-backs, talked about Theo Delaney's favourite Indian restaurant. Yep, I like the fact that we spoke as much about Norwich as we did Man City, so... We did, so if you're a fan of Delia Smith, stay tuned. I think so. Although she doesn't get a mention, so that is quite misleading. No, but that's even better, you know, we don't have to talk about Delia every time we Where talk about Norwich. <laughs> I think what happened on Saturday was the best thing that's happened at Carrow Road since that moment. Yes. <laughs> I think 100%. it might be. Yeah. Uh, right, well, yeah, enjoy it. It's a good one. Uh, our guest is Theo Delaney. He's really good. And uh, Martin Gritton isn't here because he's out, you know, doing Plymouth his thing. versus someone. I mean, come on, Grits. Wake up. Really? He'll be here next week, though, maybe. Unless something else comes up. Oh, yeah. Well, either There's way. always football on. Keep tuning in. It's a good one today, so uh, do watch it. If you like it, subscribe. Uh, yeah, nice one. Hello and welcome to The Whistleblowers, another week where we talk about pretty much everything to do with football, isn't it? Uh, Martin Gritton's not here today. Martin Gritton is out and about. Where is he? What's he commentating on? Uh, Plymouth Argyle are at Crawley. Crawley. Plymouth against Crawley. That's why he's not here. Uh, The voice you heard there is Gareth Dobson stepping in for Grits. Hello, Gareth. Hi, thanks for having me back. Hey, no problem, man. It's not up to me. It's the uh, people above (laughs) me that decide this. Uh, I still, though, would have you on. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. Uh, And the the voice of the laughing man there is Theo. Theo Delaney. Uh, You've known him from the Spurs show. Yes. What else do we know you from, Theo? Uh, well, you probably know, the listeners to this will know me from the Spurs show, but I also have my Johnny Boy radio show on a Saturday morning on en5radio.com. Lovely. So that's that, what, music, not football. That's a proper radio voice you got there as well. Do you reckon? Yeah, I really like that. I think it's because I went into the Johnny Boy mode and started, <laughs> sounded like a 70s, 80s DJ. So you put your collar at the same and time. <laughs> I do a little of charity beat. Nah, I like it. I like it. That's what you're here for. A bit yeah. of lovely humour oh, to right. go with your football. Yeah. Uh, speaking of football, I mean, we should talk about that <clears> at <throat> length, really, because it is that podcast. It would be mad to start anywhere other than the Norwich Man City game. Um, I saw it. I was blown away by it. Gareth? I mean, I predicted that, I think. It was pretty obvious that was. <laughs> Sorry, no. It was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was sensational. It was really exciting, and I think you know, obviously, with a team like City, who have just been built up to be this monolith, you can't take down. It, it makes everyone feel that bit better about the state of uh, of Premiership football and, and the top four. Yeah, and mm. yeah, and, and obviously, we shouldn't be that podcast that f- fails to mention how well Norwich did mm. in the victory. I mean, a lot of it, I think did come down to their tactics and the high press. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to talk about Otamendi and his friends. But well, we don't ruin it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say, you know, uh, it is definitely worth mentioning that, you know, that big mistake that happened for the goal is as much down to Norwich Press as it is down to Absolutely. whatever failures they have at the back. Yeah, I mean, we are going to talk about City's failures oh, really? a bit, bit further on, yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. But, but you're right to, to highlight how good Norwich were um, immediately, really. I mean, Theo, I assume you watched the game. What, well, what? Oh, I didn't watch it all because I, can't, I was coming back from Tottenham. Right. I went to the Tottenham game, which was a three o'clock kickoff. So by the time I got home, uh, it started. But then I have a ritual on a Saturday night, which is I go, not to bore you, but I do every Saturday night. The, I w- start watching the evening game. And then I have to go off because uh, my wife insists upon it. I have to go to a particular Indian restaurant in Turnpike Lane. Right. I order the food. I go over to the Tollgate, which is the Weatherspoons opposite the Indian restaurant, which, by the way, is excellent. It's called Jashan, if anyone's interested. Okay. And I have a pint, and I sit with my uh, iPad, and I re-engage with the evening game. 
and it was incredibly. It was the best, probably one of the best games I've ever seen in that pub. And believe me, I've seen a lot because it was so exciting. That second half, the the last half hour of that game was absolutely riveting, wasn't it? It It was was. brilliant. It was like watching a classic game. And it was so early in the season. I mean, it may end up being completely meaningless, but it was so gripping. There's no such thing as a meaningless game like that, though, I think. Because that that is something that wherever Norwich finish this season, and I don't think they'll go down, but they might still get it. It's so early on, we don't know. Absolutely. But that is something yeah. they'll talk about and remember Absolutely for years forever. and years and years. Yeah. Um, one other thing about the game, the Saturday evening kickoffs. I think they've, they've produced quite a lot of turkeys over the last mm. sort of couple of years, really. Some really poor games. Yeah. This was one where it just felt like the Saturday night lights were on. It felt like a Hollywood script. It was just, everything about it, I just thought, yeah, was, was, was great. And Norwich's game plan was, was perfect. But also... You can have a game plan, you have to have the personnel to carry it out. And they've got, they're not just a well-drilled team that's come up from the championship. They're a team full of really excellent technicians in there. Mm. They, they could do some serious damage over the next couple of seasons if they Keep could stick the squad and, together yeah. and, and improve with, you know, if, you, if you, we assume they stay up, improve with the money they get and, and continue purchasing and, and mm. recruiting properly. I mean, do you see this as being... A team that can stick around and do well and challenge for the top 12, top 10 over the next couple of years? Or do you think it's a flash in the pan that will get picked apart by the bigger boys? I, I don't know. It seems feasible. I think maybe the model they look at is Bournemouth, who have, you know, it seems like they flirt with relegation each season, but by the end of the season, they look quite comfortable. They've maintained the nucleus of their team for that, for that period. And I, I think that, um, you know, Norwich can probably look at that and feel if they can keep. Cantwell for a couple of seasons and Steeperman. And How old is Cantwell? Just to butt in there. I think he's still fairly young. He's yeah, 24. he's young, young, is he? Oh, is he? I've, I he, looks, he, was, he looks like 17, doesn't he? I, might I be thought young. he was younger than that because, I, I, interestingly, they've let go a couple of very good number 10 type players in the last few two or three years in yeah. Pritchard, the former Tottenham player, yeah. they sold to Huddersfield, and then, um, of course, Madison. Madison, yeah. So you think, what, what, what are they doing? Letting these, and then you look at Cantwell, you think, ah. Oh, this is... Yeah. They always had Campwell up their sleeve. They didn't need those other guys. Yeah. But I think he must be young because he must have been behind them in the... In, in the fact, order. he's 21. He's 21, 21 yes, so he's very young he's still. Young so he's still got... He could still, you know, get better, can not he? But how much of this... I mean, let, let's, let's say manager leaves tomorrow, Farker leaves tomorrow. Does this just crumble? Does this fall apart? He Possibly. does feel pretty intrinsic to the... Mm. He, feels like, he feels like a sort of uh, a, a clop. Yeah. He's got figure. that... He, not in terms of just sort of the way they play, but he's this charismatic yeah. figure that they all buy into yeah. quickly. Yeah. And, I mean, for me, if, you know, Klopp's obviously Mr. Heavy Metal, I, you look at Falk, he, he feels more kind of sort of depressing indie rock when you look at him. I like it. <laughs> Lovely. He'd be like a member of the National. Yeah. That feels like he's got yeah. that on in the dressing room, that yeah. kind of level of, yeah. you know, he's, he introduces the guys like, have you heard of Sufjan Stevens? <laughs> yeah, but in a German accent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where I see him. Yeah, a little bit left of Who'd have thought you'd be uh, bringing up music similes? <laughs> Me. You of all people. Um, but, yeah, really impressive for Norwich. We, we do now, sadly, have to go into... Man City's shortcomings. Uh, and the news today, just before we started recording, that John Stones has been ruled out for the next, what is it, up to five weeks, I think yeah. they said. Um, I mean, they already lost Laporte. Yeah. They already hadn't strengthened that position in the summer, which to my mind was absolutely ridiculous. Seems strange with company going, yeah. I mean, even if company had stayed, he, he's, he's he wasn't going to play many age, games anyway. That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, 
How much danger are Man City in at the moment, given that they've now got Otamendi and Stones... Sorry, Otamendi and Fernandinho, I imagine, as... They're only two. As they're only two... Maybe Rodri can step in. But how, how much Walker of a problem is this? He's played sort of central for... for but I mean, it, in, whatever, in a, in it's all makeshift. Three. It's all, in, he's played only in played in the back three. Yeah, yeah I mean, what, what, what do you see happening here? They've got quite a good run of games for the next five or six weeks, which might be enough to bail them out. There's also the chance that, hey, they're Man City, they could just try and outscore their opponents. But what do you see happening for them now? I, depressingly, I suspect it won't affect things too much. I, one, one, of the, one of the things that works well for them is that the opposition doesn't get as much of the ball and I think you know City if you look at the statistics face fewer shots than most teams on goal um, so it, it potentially they can just ride it out um, you know Fernandinho played there as an early substitute a few weeks ago quitted himself reasonably well um, you suspect they'll muddle, muddle through but the question is you know why why are they in this situation and it does yeah. seem it does seem absurd. There was a good article by Justin Jackson in The Guardian today where he basically said that Man City didn't want to pay what they perceived to be over the odds for these players. You know, I've, And it's almost like a pride thing. It's like, well, we know we're Man City, but yeah. we're not going to pay you £90 million for Virgil van Dijk. And, or £75 and for Harry Maguire. Right. You know, for Harry Maguire, exactly. And it's, it's like, but that, that's also the market price. And, and you can afford it. Or... As, uh, or they could have got Toby Alderweireld, very much a ready-made, excellent, top-class uh, Premier League centre-back for twenty-five million. Yeah, I mean, to, to, it makes no sense at all. I mean, as a Spurs fan, Theo, yeah, um, did you assume that a transfer like that, yeah, involving Toby, did. would have happened I mean, this that, summer? That whole thing about him being available at twenty-five million. I mean, it was, you thought any top team looking for a centre because he's he's but with the, but the thing about central defenders is you want to. You want a if you're a top team, you want one that's ready made. It's not like you buy. I mean, you know, you buy a young winger or a young creative midfielder. You buy them young, but a centre back gets better with age, 100. percent I mean, centre backs tend to be at their best in their early 30s. I think. Yeah. yeah. Alderweireld's only 30. You give him three or four years on a contract, and you pay him what maybe they 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 pay the other centre backs there, which is well, he's just as good as all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or better than you know, at least as good as all of them. Sure. That makes them makes it makes perfect sense. So, so what reason then could there be for them not making a move like that? Absolutely or, no or for example, let, let's say they, they didn't want to go for Toby because maybe he's maybe they got a thing where they're saying no one over twenty eight for the time being. Right. All right, fine. But why wouldn't you go and pay that extra ten million for Harry Maguire? You've got all the money yeah. in the world. You're bankrolled by yeah. you know the Middle East essentially. A country. A country. Like, yeah. It's a PR exercise. Yeah. Why not go ahead? And spend that money. He, he was identified as a player that they wanted at Man City, Harry Maguire. It now looks stupid because actually, even when they've got all their players fit, yes, He's Laporte still probably is probably getting the team. Absolutely. Yeah. Laporte gets in. John Stones, I don't trust as a centre back. And ultimately, shouldn't really be anywhere near a top four team in terms of mm. you know, centre backs. So they're I would short make anyway. Ins- they're already short. I, I'd make the argument that you should be buying in a player yeah. anyway who's a starting centre back yeah. and let those two be, be reserves. Yeah. I mean, the counter to that is, you know, someone from C will say it's all fine until you hit worst case scenario. And this is the worst case scenario. It's yeah. an unlikely collection of injuries. But there's only two injuries. That's, that's, not, that's not been decimated. That's just two injuries. And as you say, those players, Alderweireld and Maguire, would have got in the team anyway. Yeah. Mm. It's two injuries and you're down to one fit centre-back. That, that, is, that, says, that, to me, is 
as bad uh, a piece of recruiting and planning as United are at the other end of the pitch, where they've got one striker. Mm. Do you think Pep just doesn't rate centre-backs as a concept? <laughs> managers are weird like that aren't they they don't buy certain players I mean Wenger's yeah. whole downfall was that for about 10 or 12 years he only bought creative attacking wispy wingers and number 10s yeah. and he couldn't steal. buy he couldn't buy a defensive midfielder he could not be forced even at gunpoint to buy a decent defensive midfielder some managers are a bit like that maybe he's a, maybe he finds it a bit distasteful the idea of a or maybe it's a blind spot kind of a stopper it's a little bit unsophisticated for me I'm Pep Guardiola just holding his nose getting no we, yeah. no, we don't do that I mean, the only one he bought with any great enthusiasm was John Stones, who is a hopeless defender, but quite a good footballer. Lovely, lovely to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. but I don't want him anywhere near... I, I wouldn't mind him in a back three, like he was for England, yeah. but I don't want him being 50% of my defence, of yeah. my centre-backs, because I, I, I don't think you can rely on him. Yeah. And, and I suppose a team like City wants to play expansive football and want to build from the back. Maybe that does narrow down the pool of players that they can buy at that position. I mean, yeah. they could easily go and get a Chris Smalling type. But Potentially. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of discussion in the summer that centre-backs are currently the most scarce position in terms of quality. And there's, there's a reason why Harry Maguire was 75, 80 million. It wasn't just because he was English. And there's hardly you know, anyone. Dis- there's hardly anyone out there. Well, yeah. let's, let's try it. Name me five top centre-backs that could have fit into that Man City side. We've already named Maguire and otherwise. I want three more. It does get tricky after that. I would that. argue Vertonghen as well. Who could, they probably could have got... Are you got. trying to pimp out your players? No, I'm so, I, I'm so <laughs> delighted and relieved that they didn't get either of them, of course. But they're both two players. Ready-made, can yep. play football as well as defend, etc. Yep. Sorry, I, I think the most telling thing was you know, when it was expected there would be a few more centre-backs moving around the Premier League, the numbers quoted for them, people like Nathan Ake... Mm. Of, uh, of Bournemouth, who's obviously a good, improving yeah. player. It was astronomical. It was like 50, 60 million. Or it's a Diop as well. At, at West Ham, it was 50 yeah. million pounds yeah. they were quoted. I mean, and again, as you were you know, saying about how you want to bring in an experienced player, these players, you know, Diop was brought in by West Ham as a fairly inexperienced player. And it's, it's difficult. West Ham, at, you know, 10, 12, 14 clubs in the Premier League can kind of take that gamble maybe a bit more than someone if you are sitting and like, okay, well, we need to bring in yeah. a proven player you know, mm. our objective is to win the Champions League and retain the Premier League yeah. you know, we're not we can't really spend time yeah, you know, hopefully with nurturing pace. someone through yeah. yeah well from one team struggling at centre back to um, another team doing great at that position it's Arsenal um, <laughs> <laughs> they um, imploded somewhat against Watford at the weekend I'm, I mean you're both Spurs fans so you're going to enjoy this section um Again, if you saw the game, what did you make of them at, at that position, at centre-back? I, I was... I mean, they've been poor at centre-back all season. Um, it wasn't great last year, but for some reason it seems to have regressed even more mm. uh, this year. I mean, as an overall sort of game, it was a little surprising because it looked like they were getting a little steelier, a little bit more resolve this year. And, you know, I, I thought the manager... had yeah, was having a decent impact over last year, but for some reason, all the old demons yeah. came back. It could um, have been any any game of the last sixty from Wenger, couldn't it? Um, exactly. There is there is some form with Watford and Arsenal, though. I mean, they they do run each other close. Last year, yeah, yeah. When Watford had a man sent off fairly early, and you know, but lost one nil, but ultimately could have should have, really, should have got something out of the game. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think there is definitely something in that game between the two. But I mean, defensively, it's. It's absolutely crazy that I think Arsenal went into season with you know those players, people like you know Socrates and, and so forth. And you know, it's the same thing as City, though, isn't it? David Luiz on 
deadline day felt like well, not a terrible idea, but also you the rest just of other ideas. You had a feeling, didn't you? You thought, hmm, that's exactly the sort of defender that would fit into that slightly clownish defence. Because, of course, <laughs> David Luiz has got many attributes as a footballer, but he, is, he does peculiar, weird things. I mean, there was that... Was it against Tottenham the other week where he, he retreated from the, the player who was bearing down and go, he ran away. He <laughs> I mean, ran away oh, from the... Yeah. Uh, for and, reasons and, best known to himself. I mean, he does really strange things. He's an odd... He's a bit like, you know, he's, he's a good footballer, but he's, he's not, not, a most, not the most reliable defender. Well, similar to Stones. Exactly. Who, who's great on the ball, exactly. technically brilliant. Not Puts, technically, just stick them in midfield for Christ's sake. But, but, but they're not brilliant the enough to be centre midfielders, but they're not good enough defenders to be centre backs. So where, where do they play? Neither fish nor fowl. No, exactly. So it, when, when, as a Spurs fan, Theo, when, when David Luiz signed for Arsenal. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was funny, actually, to be yeah. honest. I really did. You're not I, thinking, oh, they've got that stats. No. That's improved I, no, no, the no, position. No. no. The, the thing with Luiz, I, I will say, I. Generally, he's a fairly competent defender. The issue is his mistakes are so amplified. Yeah. They yeah. always seem so ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, and now they've got another guy making mistakes. He's got the same haircut. So whenever they make a mistake, it looks yeah. like he's done it again. Yeah. And now they've got Sideshow Bob and Sideshow Mel together. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the one who, who went up to the Watford fans, did the 2 1 sign. I mean, yeah, Gwendozi. Gwendozi looks like he could be a good player in the future. He's yeah, fine he does. for now. Looks, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think he's someone who, who, will, who will definitely improve and improve that side. The 2 1 thing, though, I mean, you. Don't do it's it, It's just absolutely tempting yeah. fate. It's insane to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they deserve to, to lose, that, lose the, points. The trouble with that team, I mean, obviously, I love it, but <laughs> it is a ridiculous comedy team. It's just, it just makes stupid and hilarious mistakes, and that's what they started to do gradually more and more under Wenger. But the interesting thing about some teams, it, because it, are you, how can they still be exactly, have exactly the same shortcomings, exactly the same weaknesses yeah. after... You know, this guy's been there over a year. I mean, you would have thought the first thing he's going to do is, is, is stamp all that Shore out. Shore it up. Shore everything yeah. up. Yeah. Just, just... Get rid of the stupid players. Get rid of the stupid mistakes. Say, look, we're not having this anymore. And bring yeah. in players who are the opposite of that. Be Arsenal in the early 90s rather than Arsenal in absolutely. the Absolutely. Go George Graham, mate. Yeah, That's absolutely. your best bet at this Do you stage. know what it is for you? It's very Spursy. <laughs> exactly. You are so right. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's exactly what Spurs were like. 10 or so years ago and had been for a long time while Arsenal were always solid and never made stupid moves ultra professional either in the George Graham guys where where it was all very boring 1-0 to the Arsenal or even under Wenger Wenger, the first first phase of Wenger super professional Mm. reliable didn't do stupid things Spurs meanwhile sometimes good to watch sometimes got a good result but had you know hilarious comedic mistakes all the time so are Arsenal the most Spursy team in the Premier League well if if you think they are do contact us at the show we're at Football Podcast <laughs> on Twitter. On Feel free to come on. We've got yeah. two Spurs fans who would love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, right, uh, with that in mind, we're going to go to a break. And a word from our sponsor, which actually isn't Jashan, the Indian restaurant <laughs> in Turnpike Lane, although it might have been from uh, your... It is. I, I can really highly recommend it. <laughs> okay, well, it is um, Jashan. <laughs> There's also another actual sponsor uh, who provide money for the show, Theo. Oh, I see. <laughs> The Whistleblowers is supported by Match Pint. The Match Pint app is a sports pub finder. Want to know which pub is showing the match you want to watch? Match Pint will tell you. They're also, listen to this, they're also giving our listeners free Budweiser. What do you think about that? 
Big fan. Big fan of free Budweiser. Lovely. All you've got to do to be in with the chance of winning that is to make score predictions this week on the televised Premier League games in the Whistleblowers League, and your correct predictions will win you Budweiser's. Once again, free Budweiser's. Top the Whistleblowers League, and you can win the monthly prizes, prizes such as Premier League matchday tickets. Ooh. Shirts. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Bar tab. Yes. Nice. And much more. All in. All in. Head to the App Store and search Matchpoint or head to matchpoint.co.uk forward slash app and use code WHISTLE, that's WHISTLE, to join our league. Uh, Right, yeah, I mean, so you can make predictions on the scores and there are games coming up this weekend, so maybe we should do that at some point. Before we do the predictions, though, let's let's talk a little bit more specifically. You were saying just then about a game this weekend. Uh, The... Spurs-Leicester. Spurs-Leicester. Yeah, no, it's interesting to me... Um, in terms of checking up on Leicester's progress, they've they were obviously touted as they were hyped. They were hyped. You know, yeah. then Wolves and Everton were kind of circled as the three who could really push the top six. And you know, of of those, Leicester are currently in fifth. They're the ones looking probably the most uh, well equipped. I I'm really excited at the progression of James Madison. Oh, um, it's great. I mean, I love him. I love it. He's got a bit about him. He, he's there's a bit of an old school playboy kind of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, vibe yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He's very um, much a Kieran Dyer oh, yeah. baller. He's, uh, he's on a, and off. The, I don't know what he does off the pitch. That's I don't. Not that's his own there. business. <laughs> that's his own business. But he's got that arrogance about him. I really like that. Twenty years ago, we'd have called him a spice boy. <laughs> we would have done. We would have done. Uh, Leicester for you, Theo. Uh, are they in with a serious shot of breaking this top? Well, five, they've got really six? good players, and they've got a good manager now. They've got Vardy, who's firing on all cylinders, is scoring more goals now, now that Rodgers is back, is scoring as many goals as he used to score in the glory yeah, days, right. you know. So they're playing to his strengths. And he's lost no pace, are they? He's, he's, no, he's the, amazingly. He's, he's seems, remarkable. He's he, got, he took he a bit of stick when he retired from uh, international football, didn't he, at the end of the Euros. Uh, yeah. But it actually was probably a very good move on his see, part. You can see the benefits of that Yeah, now, exactly. Yeah. It's probably a good move. So, yeah, I think they're good. But I think Everton are potentially good as well. And I think that, although they, they slipped up, didn't they? Um, Wolves obviously look quite good. And I think I've got a sneaking, don't laugh, but I think West Ham look quite good, potentially. I, I, think, I think it's those, those four, four teams. Yeah, for, for I that. think there's a four, yeah. I think it's an interesting sort of mini league, mini league with it, just after the, the top six. I think, <laughs> to me, Leicester looked like the... Probably the best. They look like the best because they've got that. Even though they lost Maguire, they, so Yunchu looks like he's stepped on done pretty well. They really like him. Johnny Evans is good. They've got some solidity. That's yeah. like the midfield is very good. T. Elements is a huge. T. Elements is great. Yeah. Indeed, he's great. Madis is great. The Having new centre half is is re- apparently very good. The one that's, yeah, yeah. People are saying, he's, yeah, he does look good. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that, that centre midfield trio on paper looks great, and in certain games looks great. But against United on Saturday, a probably the least mobile United team I've ever seen. They had a midfield of uh, McTominay, Matic and Mata. And I really mm. thought this Leicester midfield would take them to town and would just expose them. And actually, they really struggled to break them down. Mm. And I wonder if we might see that this is maybe a little bit overhyped mm. for Leicester to break that top six this season. But certainly, I agree with you, Theo, they've got the right manager in place and they've mm. got a great group of players. Mm. Having said that, their, their, their competition for that top six, West Ham... Everton, who was the other one? Wolves. Wolves. Wolves look pretty shaky to me. Everton yeah. can't defend still, even though they tricked us with those two clean sheets at the start yeah. of the season. It's wide open for me. Yeah, I, I yeah. think Wolves will look a lot better when they uh, 
get knocked out of the Europa League. That needs to happen immediately. It really does. Yeah. And I, it, it sounds... People talk about it so often with teams like Burnley last year and so on that it almost seems like a stereotype or, or just an easy thing to say. But it's, it's so true. Absolutely. And it's proven year after year that you know, it, it's a huge issue unless you're a team like Arsenal or Chelsea who can you know, compete got with the resources. second team. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. they've only got maybe, what, 20-man squad? Yeah. It's not huge, is it? It's not like a 25, 26. And, uh, other teams you know, have. that sort of 14th to 19th man that they're now rotating in, they're, they're just not as good as their best yeah. players. People like Roman Sace and, and, uh, you know, and everyone else they bring in, it's just not, you know, Dharma Traore, it's just not to the same level as their starters. Mm. And the, the worry would be that they are certainly compared to last season, and it's always going to be a difficult second album, isn't it? But last season where they out the block so quickly with no Europa League to worry about this season they're not performing great and we've not even got the congestion of those games yet yeah. I mean the game against Chelsea on, um, on Saturday the 5-2 at home okay Chelsea have they are somewhat rejuvenated and they've got something about them again this season but that's a huge defeat that's a bad result yeah I mean even if it's a big six team I mean, that's terrible we beat get beat 5-2 at home and Chelsea of course have been a bit up and down I mean it's not like it's Man City or Liverpool is well, it? they've got the worst defence in the league Chelsea right conceded 11 goals already yeah. so I mean you would yes Wolves scored twice but the game was already gone by that point hmm. I would worry a little bit if I was Wolves given that their first Europa League game is I think this week is it yes their so first group game first group game I mean it's, it's going to be a long season for them so I, I do worry a little bit about them um, Everton and we can come back to this because again it's centre backs yeah, and it's important not just at the top of the league, but all the way through the league, all the way through every single division. A good partnership. Jamie Carragher last night on Monday Night Football made the the analogy of it being like uh, a younger brother and an older brother. Than if you saw this, no. Um, and he said that having a centre back partnership is like you want to have at least one big brother in yeah. there, and then you know, he can he can coach the he can do little all the brother talking. through the, exactly. Yeah. And at the moment, Man City have got two little brothers, and it looks to me like Everton have got the same problem. Yeah, uh, Yerry Mina. I don't know if he's any good. I've got no idea if he's any good. No, it yeah. took him so long just to play his first five games. Yeah. And um, Keane's not going to be the older brother in that relationship. No he's, chance. He's also sort of relatively junior. And Yeah, and, and, and Zuma, I think, could be, certainly become a, an established, good Premier League centre-back. So to lose him was a, back to his parent club at Chelsea. Yeah, was a problem. problem. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, what, what do you make of Everton at the back? Do you, do you still think that they are just one of those teams? Because actually, you look at the stats and they, they do get a lot of clean sheets from last season. But to me, they just look like they've got a soft underbelly. Yeah, I, I think they're weaker at the back than they were last season. And this is the issue with all of that chasing pack. They're uneven teams. They all have a big deficiency somewhere. Yeah. Uh, being, you know, squad depth or, or up front. Or, you know, West Ham are very similar. You know, they're very top-heavy. They've got yeah. one of the better collection of attackers in in the league and brilliant players at the back you know Zabaleta came on last night yeah he's 47 isn't he (laughs) he actually just turned 48 yeah Um, Yeah. and you know he used to be a superb player and now he's he has lost all his pace yes Yes. uh, which as a fullback is is a real issue yeah Yeah. Um, and especially you know in this day and age, the old phrase we love, it's it's particularly hard in the Premier League. And yeah, you know, people like Ryan Fredericks is a developing player for West Ham, but it's not you know, it's not great. He's no. not top draw. The centre backs are good, but the full backs are basically yeah, the, the, a problem. They're yeah. good, but neither of them have kind of had that. There's maybe no run big yet. brother in there actually, because they're yeah. both good, but there's no particular not really a senior uh, figure there. Well, West Ham have got United at home this weekend on Sunday, uh, which traditionally has always been a game I've I've always loved that game for some reason. Yeah. United at Upton Park, I've always it's liked exciting. that. It well, there's a lot of needle, isn't there? There mm. is, there is a lot for some reason. I guess it goes back to Paul Lynch. It does. Right? It absolutely does. And go then back obviously to Paul they denied. 
United the title on that last oh, yeah. game in 95. Yeah. And then, 95. and what about the last game at Upton Park? Do you remember oh, where they smashed up the coach yeah. on their own big night? It's all on the telly <laughs> with the ceremony. And they had a, they staged a riot and smashed up the Man United coach outside. Telly so, Sheridan so turning up on the pitch in a taxi. Let's have a prediction <laughs> then um, for the game or West Ham Man United. How many coach seats are getting ripped out of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. It's, uh... But you can go to Matchpoint and put your prediction on. Yeah. Uh, West Ham home to United, would you reckon? Score. I think West Ham could certainly get a draw at least. Me too. Yeah. yeah, I think West Ham are good enough to get a draw. They'll be up for it, and the crowd will be up for it. I think it could be could be a good game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. So draw, to draw. continue this this idea of the race for the to break into the top six, let's look yeah. at Wolves away at Palace as well. What do you reckon? Wolves away at Palace. That's funny. I mean, so Chris Palace have obviously just come off off a hiding, which is incredibly rare for them. They do not lose four nil. Yeah. No. Uh, very often or to it's anyone. not Hodgson's style. No. no. And so I think they'll be smarting. But they um, drew the second half nil-nil. Which they did draw much, the second half nil-nil, so yeah. something to take from that. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually expect Palace to win. Palace at home to Wolves yeah. to, to win that one. Thea? Tough for Wolves. Not a, good, not a great place to go in difficult times, especially after, after they've played on the Thursday. So I think they'd be, they'd be delighted to get a draw out of it, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Everson home to Sheffield United. I'm going to go with a comfortable home win here. I feel like Sheffield United have had a bit of the win taken out of their sails after the Southampton game yeah. and that wonderful Gineppo goal. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Chris Wilder has really laid into them. I think you'll get some bounce back, but I don't think it'll be away at Everson this weekend. He's an unforgiving manager, isn't he? He's very critical of his players. Yeah. Um, so uh, I suspect you're right. I think Everton will be smarting again from from a, a, a poor result at the weekend. And I mean, uh, very quickly, I guess, we're talking about centre-backs, obviously excited to see again the uh, overlapping centre-backs of Sheffield We've United. not really seen it much uh, so far in the Premier League. We've, we've seen it in the Championship a lot last season. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've... I think it's just a bit risky at this level. Yeah, and it feels, It's exciting. It's, 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 it's a great idea. I love the idea. Mm. Um, we will see. Yeah. Mm. Theo, Everton, Sheffield United? Lots to like about Sheffield United, I think. But, uh, but in the final analysis, they are deficient in quality, aren't they? So to go to a place like Everton for a team like that, that's tough. I think they'll get beat, yeah. Are we going to see anything of Ravon Morrison? Has he, been, has he been on the pitch yet for them? He has, if he has I've made an it. appearance. He... Did he start in the League Cup and play very well, apparently? Mm. Um, I think he's a brilliant player when he's... I think he's made a substitute appearance. Head on. Um, yeah, it always struck me as quite an interesting pick-up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, he, if, he can, if they can really get him motivated and properly committed, he's exactly what they don't have, which is yeah. a, a really classy player, yeah. So a a real could, number 10. He could make can, a big difference. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll finish uh, with your boys' team. Spurs at top six chasing Leicester. So I, I'm generally a fairly pessimistic Spurs fan. I, I think, despite having a really good result at the weekend, I, I wouldn't be too depressed at a draw. Okay, take something at Leicester, yeah. yeah. What, what do you just? Can I ask a general question for for Spurs supporters? What are you expecting from this season? I top. Did you, you say that a, a point at Leicester yep. is a fine result unless you're looking to win the league? It is, but I, realistically, I, I think. Third place would be fantastic, okay. and if you can look at the quarterfinals, semi-finals of Champions League, that would be great again. And ultimately, probably trying to win one of the two domestic cups. Yeah, I think do, that, do you reflect that? that? That feels about right. I think the only way we're going to challenge this year for the league is if um, Liverpool, and Manchester City fall off. Because I think they, I do think they are quite a way ahead. City yeah. are showing signs of falling off because of these injuries and stuff. So you know, we're not very far behind City, of course. Happen, but Liverpool yeah. at the moment look pretty. 
they like a runaway chain, yeah. They do. Uh, would you be happy with a point at Leicester? I'd, I don't know how happy I'd be, but I could see it. That's my, that would be my gun to my head. My prediction would be a score draw there, yeah. Score draw. Okay, right. Well, with that logged into our match pipe predictor for the week, um, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for joining us on the Whistleblowers. Cheers, Gareth. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Theo. Can I just mention my podcast? Oh, Theo, absolutely you can mention it. Oh, I've got a new podcast, which I was supposed to mention, I forgot to mention when you kindly asked me earlier what I was doing, which is called Life Goals. Yep. Life Goals with Theo Delaney. Interviews with football fanatics, well-known football fanatics, where they name their eight life, the, the defining eight goals of their life. Oh, nice. And they do them in credit, so from childhood to present day. So who have you had so far? So I've got, first one, I've got Kevin Day. Great, the, Palace. He's, he's brilliant. Palace fan. And I know his last. I know his quite well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, he's a great, I've done, it's a great interview with Kevin because he, because what, what you end up doing is talking about much more than football. You talk about the, these eight goals dotted through your life, but he talks about everything. It's he's just a vehicle fun. to talk about their lives, isn't it, yeah, really? exactly. And then I've got Paul Hawksby after that from TalkSport, and then I've got Nick Hancock after that, and loads Stoke. of good is people, Rufus Owens. Hancock's Stoke, yeah. yeah Hawksby's yeah. Tottenham. Hawksby Spurs, yeah. yeah. So I've got oh, lots of other great. people like that. Where can so. we get this? Where can we use this? All the usual places, Spotify, Acast, uh, iTunes. The, tu- the trailer is up, and the first edition with Kevin Day will be up within days. Brilliant. Sounds good. Oh, it's Desert Island Theos. Exactly. right well thanks for coming on guys Uh, till next week uh, we've been the whistleblowers tell your friends if you've enjoyed it and just keep stum if you haven't (laughs) alright bye then this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk sports social podcast network